Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, 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 my incredible podcast family. How are you doing? Listen, I'm going to need you right now to just wrap your arms around yourself. Give yourself a big old squeeze from me. Come on, just wrap your arms around yourself. Give yourself a hug from me to you. Man, we are running out of 2020. Can y'all even believe it? Can y'all even believe that 2020 is almost over? Like, guys, we are literally one day away. Can you even believe that? We are one day away from, man, 2020 being over and walking into 2021. You know, today, I really feel like I want to um, talk about uh, breaking free, you know, walking into 2020. It's really our choice. Um, I've been talking about this on our prayer calls this week. Um, I've been talking about this in my mentorship program, my RTK Inner Circle, every day. Uh, I think the biggest misconception about being a Christian or about life is basically believing that we have nothing to do with breakthrough. You know, I think that's why a lot of people get jaded. They get jaded. They think once you come to know Jesus and welcome Jesus into your heart, uh, we all of a sudden think that everything's going to be peaches and cream. And it's just not. That is a lie. You're going to still walk through divorce. You're going to still walk through your kid acting crazy. You're going to still walk through bad doctor's reports. You're going to still walk through chaos, confusion. But... The key is when you have Jesus in you, you have the power to navigate through the areas of your life that you need to navigate without falling apart. Come on, somebody. You have the power to navigate through situations faster. Yeah, faster. How cool is that? You have the you have the power to navigate through the situation quicker. You know, it's so funny because the more knowledge that I've gained from Jesus and just getting older, really, I've realized that you can walk through a divorce and literally get right back up again. And you can have loved them with your guts and co- and coveted until death do you part. And when someone hands you divorce papers, you can you can cry for 24 hours and then bounce back because you know that Jesus is in you. You can lose your father and preach the next day. You know what I'm saying? You could Your daddy could go to heaven and preach the next day. Why? Because you know the power that you possess on the inside of you. And so you're not swayed 
by your emotions. You're not swayed. You don't do things like you used to do. Now you look at them head on and you conquer it. You don't walk around the mountain. You don't negotiate with the mountain. You cross it. You walk straight through it. So, you know, Isaiah's glorious thesis on captives, uh, about captives being set free, describes God's benefits this way. In Isaiah 64 and 4, I'm talking today about breaking free and the benefits of changing your mindset. And if you don't change your mindset, you're going to go right back to the old you. You're going to drag these these suitcases of stress, fear, anxiety, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness into 2021. And guess what? It's your fault, right? You have, you have learned to dance with your demons instead of breaking free and not allowing your situations to control you. That's the difference. You're either going to let your situations control you or you're going to control the situation with your peace. You may not can control your situation. You might be in a fight of your life right now. You might be walking through something that you never saw coming. You might be feeling like there's a big old elephant sitting on your chest, but you are in control of what happens on the inside of you and how you navigate through the hell that you're walking through. Because guess what? All, st- all storms run out of rain. So period. You're going to get through this, but you got to see yourself out of it. So today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about breaking free. You know, Isaiah's glorious thesis on captives set free describes God's benefits this way. In Isaiah 64 and 4, it says, Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any any God besides you who act on behalf of those who wait on him right? So basically what's happening here is God wants to do for you what your eyes have never seen, what your ears have never heard, and your mind has never conceived. But just as the Babylonians held the children of Israel captive, areas of captivity can keep us from living out the reality of Isaiah 64 and 4. See, here's our definition of captivity. A Christian is held captive by anything that hinders the abundant and effective spirit-filled life that God had planned for her, right? One of the most effective ways, guys, to detect captivity is to measure whether... We are enjoying the benefits of God that God intends for every child of God. So basically, I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I experiencing the benefits of my covenant relationship with God through Christ? Or do the benefits I read in Scripture seem more like Warm, fuzzy thoughts. It's deep, ain't it? Ask yourself, am I experiencing the benefits of my covenant relationship with God through Christ? Or do the benefits that I read or that Real Talk Kim tells me about or that I read in scripture 
Do they just seem more like warm, fuzzy thoughts? Are you saying it's easier said than done? Are you still fighting the same stinking thinking that you fought your whole life? Or that negativity that captivated your world when you walked through that devastation, heartbreak, whatever? See, according to the book of Isaiah, God has graciously extended the following benefits to his children. All right. Number one. To know God and believe him. This is the benefits. This is what God is extending to you. Number two, to glorify God. Number three, to find satisfaction in God. Four, to experience God's peace. Five, to enjoy God's presence. See, these benefits and their scriptural references will serve as a roadmap to lead you home when you've been carried away captive, right? These benefits, these scriptural references, they will help you heal after the death of a loved one to COVID or cancer. These benefits are proof that you don't have to stay broken and grieving forever, right? So benefit number one is to know God and to believe him. See, one of your chief purposes is to know God intimately and with reverent familiarity. See, God not only desires for us to know him, he also wants us to believe him. And many variables in our lives affect our willingness to trust God. A loss, a betrayal, man, it can deeply mark our level of trust, right? But we have to be intentional. We have to make, I literally have to talk to myself a lot. And when I'm walking through something devastating, I, I have to talk to myself all day, every day. I'm not even kidding. And I have to make sure that I am not talking to myself negatively or out of order of what God says about me or, those, or, or my scripture says about me. I always am having to get myself back focused, especially 2020 has tested every ounce of faith that we have, right? On top of life, basically trusting an invisible God does not come naturally to any of us, to any believer. A trust relationship grows only, listen, only by stepping out in faith and making the choice to trust. Y'all, I pound this in your heads every week with every podcast I do with every prayer call that I do, with every live that I do, every single thing in life is a choice. That depression, I know it's clinical. I know your mama had it. I know your, uh, your aunt had it. I know it. I know it. I know they've prescribed you medication. I know it. I believe it. I believe it. But here's the key. Laying in that bed crying over that person that walked out on you 
is a choice. You answering that text after you know that man is toxic or that woman is toxic and you know that they are a distraction and nothing that they bring to your life is healthy is a choice. You're not trusting in God when you do that because God is not a God of chaos and confusion. All right. So when, when thoughts are invading your mind constantly, it's a choice. You're either going to throw the thoughts out of your mind that's causing chaos, confusion, anxiety, panic, high blood pressure. You're going to literally walk outside, walk around the block, turn on loud music in your house, worship music to get yourself out of that place of devastation in your thoughts. You're going to you're going to block that person that keeps bringing just havoc into your life. You're going to draw boundaries or you're going to end up not trusting in the God that you serve or yourself and you're going to keep repeating the same cycles. See, the ability to believe God develops most often through pure experiences. See, I found him faithful yesterday. He will not be unfaithful today. It's when you're staring at that situation and... You're like, okay, I've walked through this before because usually in life we walk through cycles every so often and you make up in your mind, okay, this is the third time I've walked through this cycle. I ain't doing this crap again. And you make a choice, right? To rejoice that Christ wants to set us free, completely free. He wants us to know him and believe in him. And part of the process is acknowledging that something is holding us back and learning to identify what it may be, right? So today, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a cycle, you got to stop right now. Stop, stop it. Stop running from it, right? Some, some, some of y'all with your thought pattern, with your brokenness, with your anger, it's like those bills that start coming into your house when you're walking through a hard time and can't pay them. And so instead of opening the bills, you just throw them in a drawer because out of sight, out of mind, that's how you're doing your emotions. You're not paying attention to your spirit. You're not paying attention to your heart. And you're going down a cycle that's like one of those crash dummies commercials that we see where they put this yellow dummy in a car and they're wanting to show you how safe the car is and the airbags. And so they go full speed ahead and let this car hit this wall and the, the, the crash dummy bounces back, right? It's, it's redundant, to think that you can see, keep doing the same thing and getting different results. You either believe in God or you don't. You either believe that he is faithful or you don't. You either believe that he's going to be with you through the worst case scenario or you don't. It's up to you. You can navigate with peace or you can be in pieces, right? I am so thankful that God never leaves us and he never forsakes us. You know, Isaiah 64 and 4, which I read, says, for, for from days of old, no one has heard nor has ear perceived, nor has the eye seen a God beside you who works and acts and on behalf of me and you wait on me. That's what I love about God is he'll wait on us, right? Then look at Isaiah 43 and 5. I'm gonna read it from the Amplified. It says, do not fear, for I am with you, right? It says, I will bring 
your offspring from the east, where they are scattered, and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from a far, far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made, right? Look at, look at Colossians 1, 24. It says, now I rejoice in my sufferings on your behalf. And with my body, I supplement whatever is lacking on our part of Christ's afflictions on behalf of his body, which is the church. In this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship which God entrusted to me for your sake so that I might make the word of God fully known. That is the mystery which was hidden, right? For ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. God chose to make known to them how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in and among you, you, the hope and guarantee of glory, right? The more I study God's word, the more I study God's glory, the more I'm convinced it is almost indefinable. See, God's glory far exceeds anything we can comprehend in human terms. It's the way he makes himself known or shows himself mighty. See, God's glory is how he shows who he is. The Greek word for glory in the New Testament references doxa. Basically, the true apprehension of God or things, the glory of God must mean his unchanging essence. See, giving glory to God is ascribing to him. It's like we're giving him full recognition. See, the glory of God is what he is essentially. See, doxa comes from another wonderful word called dokio, which is meaning to think or suppose. God's glory is the way he makes himself recognizable. God's desires to be recognizable in us in all we do. A life that glorifies God is a life that reveals God. If you're like me, guys, you are probably overwhelmed by the enormous responsibility of such a calling, right? Yeah, yeah, we all are. We are imperfect creatures. How do we help others recognize something about God just from watching our lives and knowing him? How do we do that? You know, Paul announced the mystery that Christ himself dwells in every believer. In Romans 8 and 9, He tells us that if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But the moment we receive Christ as our savior, the Holy Spirit of Christ took up residence in our inner being. Do you see the key? Do you see it, guys? We have no hope whatsoever 
of God being recognizable in us if the Spirit of Christ does not dwell in us. If we are not occupied by the Holy Spirit, we have nothing of God in us for Him to show through. So basically, we glorify God to the degree, to the degree that we externalize the internal presence of the living Christ. A life that glorifies God is not something we suddenly attain. People living out the reality of liberation, of, of liberation in Christ. See, Galatians, go read it. Galatians 5, 1 and 2. Read Corinthians three seventeen. Progress in an ever-increasing glory. As, as they grow in spiritual maturity, the Spirit of Christ becomes increasingly recognizable in them. So when Christ is not recognizable in a redeemed life, we want to identify and allow God to treat the areas of our lives that there's captivity. God makes us aware of hindrances. He exposes things in our lives so that he can set us free. That's what he does. That thing that you're going through right now, that is God exposing these things so that we can break the cycles, right? Another benefit of breaking free is to find satisfaction in God. You know, the Bible uses the word soul in a number of ways. One way is to refer to the non-material part of us. When I speak of soul hunger, my soul is hungry for you, God. I mean our need for spiritual satisfaction. But few people, man, few people find this subject comfortable. But it's time to let the truth break the locks off the closets of our secret dissatisfaction. What do you think being satisfied with something means? Is your soul, your spirit, your own inmost place, the real you, entirely satisfied with Christ? Is it? You know, Jeremiah 31 and 25, um, the Hebrew word for satisfy is, is male, which is meaning to feel, accomplish the feelings of something that was empty. The act of replenishment as well as the experience of satisfaction. Yeah. The, the word for faint means to pine, which means we can easily be led into captivity by seeking other answers to needs and desires that only God is equipped to meet. Just maybe, guys, you're walking through something today and, the la- and you haven't tried God. You haven't, you haven't prayed. You haven't prayed in forever. You, you can't even pray. Every time you try to pray, you can't even pray. There's nothing coming out of you because you have seeked and you have and, and searched to fill the void that only God can fill with things that cannot fulfill you. That's why you're in a cycle. A crucial part of liberation in Christ means allowing him to fill our empty places. I remember for the longest time in my life, man, I was, whoo, I was, I was looking for people to fill voids and it wasn't working. 
and the feeling only Christ can give does not come automatically because you, you got saved. It just doesn't. You, I, I was in my, I was around 36 years old before I understood the huge difference between salvation from sin and satisfaction of the soul. Salvation secures our lives for eternity, but soul satisfaction ensures abundant life on earth. But God often teaches us spiritual truths by paralleling by paralleling it physical re- with physical realities. See, when you're hungry, you seek what will what will meet your need. If you ignore your physical needs long enough, not only will you be miserable, but you will soon be ill. You can easily recognize the signal the body gives, but great wisdom lies in learning to discern your spirit's signals. The most obvious symptom of a soul in need of God's satisfaction is a sense of inner emptiness. The awareness of a hollow place. Somewhere deep inside, the constant inability to be satisfied. It feels like rock bottom, doesn't it? That's what I think it feels like when I had a true transformation and I realized that there's a difference in salvation and soul salvation. See, we can positively assume that our soul is hungry and thirsty for God if we have not partaken of any spiritual food or drink in a long while. You got to return to the bread of life and the living water. Psalms 34 and 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. God can satisfy your yearning soul. Satisfying your innermost places with Jesus is a benefit, baby. It is a benefit of the glorious covenant relationship you have with Christ. Open the door. Open the door today. God waits to satisfy your hungry soul. He is waiting on you today. He's wanting you to experience his peace today. That's another benefit of breaking free is to experience God's peace. His peace should not be an infrequent surprise, but the ongoing rule of our lives. Peace can be possible in any situation, but we cannot simply produce it on demand. In fact, guys, we cannot produce it at all. It is fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. See, we have Christ's peace. It has already been given to us. If we have received Christ, we just don't always know how to activate it. The key to peace is, is authority. When we allow the Prince of Peace to govern our lives, peace either immediately or ultimately results, period. Peace accompanies authority. That's right. You can have the peace of Christ. Believer, no matter what your circumstances, you can have the peace of Christ. But you must believe. Bend the knee. You got to learn. You got to get on that knee. Stop taking it to the phone and take it to the throne. You got to bend. You got to believe it. You got to bend that knee and learn how to receive. You may never feel like giving your circumstances, your hurt or loss to him. But you can choose to submit 
to his authority out of belief and obedience rather than emotion. Obedience is the mark of authentic surrender to God's authority in any matter. As Lord, he will never ask anything of us that is not right, that is not good, that is not going to open us up to the light. Listen to me, y'all. He is perfect. He is undefiled. He is redeemer. He is the one who, who bought our sins. He is the one who bought us from sin's slave so we could experience abundant life. He brought us to see, bought us, guys, to set us free. God inspired his word with great care, with great precision. When he said we could have peace like a river in Isaiah 48 and 18, he wasn't drawing a loose analogy. He meant it. What does it take? What does it take? It takes paying attention to God's commands. By obedience, one ounce of obedience will do more for you than all the prayer in the world through the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Okay, why should we obey? Because God is incapable of making mistakes with our lives. Isaiah 48 and 17, it tells us, he teaches us only what is best for us. Obedience to God's authority not only brings peace like a river, but righteousness like the waves of the sea. Not righteous perfection, righteous consistency. See, you see, God's way is the right way and the only peaceful way in this chaotic pandemic world. That's right. You can begin a life of authentic peace today, right now, right now. Bend your knee to his trustworthy authority. Surrender every part of your life, every concern of your heart to the all-powerful, all-sufficient, all-knowing creator of heaven and earth. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Colossians 3 and 15 says it. Let God take control. And, and another benefit that I'm going to end on to break in free is you get to enjoy God's presence. God has given us many assurances of his abiding presence. God's presence is absolutely unchanging. But the evidence of his presence is not. On some occasions, God may purposefully alter the evidences of his presence to bring the most benefit from our experience. See, sometimes we receive the most benefit from seeing many visible prints of his invisible hands during a difficult season and other times we profit most from seeing fewer evidences. God does not love us less when he gives us fewer evidences. He simply desires to allow us to walk through, to teach us to walk by faith and not by sight.
See, Christ's presence is the basis for courage in our storms. He did not say, take courage. I am calm in the storm. Don't be afraid. Instead, with the wind still raging, he said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. That's right. Christ does not always immediately calm the storm, but he is always willing to calm you. He is always willing to calm his child on the basis of his presence. See, we'll probably never learn to enjoy our storms, but we can learn to enjoy God's presence in the storm. Scripture declares God never, ever, ever, ever abandons his children, ever. He is always there. When it all comes down, we either choose to believe or disbelieve God, period. He promised us he is always with us. Yeah. Once we choose to accept his presence as a fact, we can be free to go on to enjoyment. Intimacy with God grows through sharing every realm of experience. I want God to be the greatest reality in your life. I want you to be more assured of his presence than any other thing you can see or touch. Yes, this can be your reality. This is your right as a child of God. We were destined for this kind of relationship with God. But the enemy, the enemy, that punk has tried to convince us that the Christian life is sacrificial at best and artificial at worst. Telling you something today, commit yourself entirely to God that he may set you free to be everything he planned. We can't allow intimidation or fear to imprison us in any area. You've got to remember something, y'all. Satan can presume no authority in your life. He says in 1 John 4, 4, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. All right, listen to me. Listen to freedom's bells ringing in your life today. Get up, take your life back, take your peace back. Find your hope again. Find it, find it today. Walk in it. Don't run around seeking counsel from just anyone. Pray first, asking the Lord whether it is his will that you go to another human being for counsel or whether he desires to counsel you himself. Some of y'all keep going and, and asking people how to swim that's drowning. They don't have any idea what you should do about your situation. You gotta get a knee, bend a knee, right? In my own life, I've had many, many, many problems, yet I never went to anyone else for counsel with the exception of a few times, maybe one, two, three times. I always, always, always go to the Lord because no one's walking through what God, what God has me walking through but me, right? I remember even one time, I remember even one time uh, I went to a person um, and um, 
I visited this person, a person in ministry who had been abused herself, who had walked through divorce herself. And I do not mean to discredit her, but she really was not able to help me. They were not, at any time that I'm even thinking right now, it was not her fault that she couldn't help me. She simply was not anointed by the Lord to do so. See, God is not obligated to anoint what he does not initiate. Some of y'all have been in this therapy session for years over this situation and you're not getting healed. Why? Because that therapist is not, was not anointed to help you through the situation. God wants to help you through it. God is not obligated to anoint what he does not initiate. So often people run to others without following the guidance and leadership of the Holy Spirit. And it never bears good lasting fruit. When you are in trouble, go to the throne before you go to the phone. I do not mean to suggest that it is wrong to seek counsel. I am just suggesting that you pray and allow the Lord to lead and guide you through the Holy Spirit. Let him choose the right counselor for you. Just because a person has been through what you're going through or is a close personal friend does not mean that individual is the right counselor. So I repeat today, pray, pray, obey God in every little thing and you will enjoy an excellent life. Be diligent in your obedience. Learn to live your life before God and not before man. Go the extra mile and do all the little things that God tells you to do. Even though nobody else may ever know, put your grocery cart back in the stall where it belongs instead of leaving it in the middle of the parking lot. Why? Because, listen, the owner of the property has put up a sign saying, please return carts here. And God says to submit to authority, right? Today, go the extra mile. Today, stop trying to get a quick fix. Today, go back to the basics. Go back to the basics today. Do what you know is right. Don't complain. If you complain, you're going to remain. Praise and be raised. Okay? Don't complain today. Complaining is a sin, y'all. It is a corrupt form of conversation that causes many people a great deal of problems in their lives. It also opens many doors to the enemy when you're complaining. Words are containers of power. Complaining, grumbling words carry destructive power. They destroy the joy of the one doing the complaining and can also affect other people who have to listen to you. In Ephesians 4.29, the Apostle Paul instructs us not to use any foul or polluting language. At one time, I would not have known that that included complaining. But now I know. I have learned that it does. Murmuring and complaining pollute our lives and probably sound like cursing to the Lord. So to him, it is verbal pollution. To pollute is to poison. Did you ever stop to think that you and I can poison our future by complaining about what is going on right now in our lives? 
See, when we complain about our current situation, we remain in it. When we praise God in the midst of difficulty, he raises us up and out of it. The best way to start every day is with gratitude and thanksgiving. Get a jump on the devil. If you don't fill your thoughts and conversation with good things, he will definitely fill them with evil things. I'm telling you something today. You got one day, one day. Don't take this junk into 2021. Change your behaviors. If you are not obsessed with your life, start taking action and change it. Listen to me, truly thankful people do not complain. They are so busy being grateful for the good things they do have that they have no time to notice the things that they could complain about. That's right. Praise and thanksgiving are good complaining and grumbling are evil. So today, get your fight back. Get your peace back. Get free. Break free today, y'all. It is a choice. I just loaded you up with some good stuff, y'all. I gave you some good stuff today to help you recognize the faithfulness of God. Break free. Be free. Get excited about 2021. The word that God gave me for 2021 is gain. This is the year of gain. And I'm prophesying that over your life. Amos 9, 13 through 15, which is my scripture. It's my mentorship group scripture. And it's my limitless church, the church I pastor scripture. It is God's decrees that things are about to happen so fast that your head is about to spin blessing upon blessing upon blessing. You won't even be able to keep up. Man, I love you guys so much. I'm Real Talk Kim. Stay connected to me by going to realtalkkim.com. Be a part of my world. I sure do love you. See you next week. Share this podcast. Bye.